Welcome to Insurance Claims Innovation. I am Chris Tidball, Executive Claims Consultant with Second Look, where we routinely find our insurance clients millions of dollars. On our podcast, we showcase others in the insurance claims arena who are using cutting-edge technology to gain a competitive advantage. We believe that all of our guests have a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show and we will reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Welcome to Insurance Claims Innovation. Today we have Jory Charnett, CEO and founder of Authentic 4D. As BI severities continue to rise and nuclear verdicts explode across the country, Jory has created a solution to rein in this medical inflation. Welcome, Jory. Hey there, Chris. Great to be with you. Absolutely. So, so you have created a fantastic product for adjusters to use while investigating claims. Tell us a little bit about how you got started in the industry and developed this tool. Yeah, you know, our, our business and um, the service was born out of feedback, um, feedback from claims professionals, from claims executives. Um, the genesis for our company um, had nothing to do with this industry. Rather, we developed advanced visualization technology, surgical planning software, FDA approved, um, working with major hospitals across the country. And we were looking for other ways to monetize that. Um, and speaking to literally, I took my laptop to a conference in 2014 and walked around with my laptop showing folks examples of what we do, taking an MRI, taking a CT scan, putting it into 3D and asking, is there any, could you see any utilization or value for this service if we could visually explain if there's a legitimate injury or it's something that's pre-existing age-related and complement that with a high-end radiologist report, um, would there be value? And we didn't know the answer to that. And in short, we got a lot of validation and that's really how we started building our service out. We also heard early on some of the things we heard from adjusters um, and claims executives was the amount of money spent on IMEs. IME is a very valuable service. There's about $4 billion spent in IMEs, um, but there's a few issues. One, it can take months at times to schedule an IME. Two, they can be expensive. A couple grand could be as high as 10 grand for an IME and three hired guns. A lot of times the IMEs derive a very meaningful percentage of their income from um, the insurance carrier world, right? So we heard that, distilled it, and created a service that really created, for one, help folks figure out what's legitimate or not in terms of an injury claim within literally 48 hours. Do so, number two, at a de minimis expense, a couple hundred bucks to figure out is it real or not, because the radiology images provide really meaningful information. It's an important point that very few realize uh, where you can look at a film with advanced radiology expertise and ascertain, is this legitimate or is this age-related? Is it pre-existing? And then number three, objectivity. So our radiologists, we're the only company in the industry, um, films are read on a blinded basis. A radiologist, these are real doctors working at major medical institutions, either where they trained at or they work, whether it be Cleveland Clinic, Mass Gen, UCLA, 
they review the films. They're not privy to who made the referral. They don't know if this is nationwide, Geico or Panache and Boyle Plaintiff Council. So they're blinded. So they have no economic incentive to say one way or another. So it lends a lot of independence, credibility, um, integrity to a carrier's process, to whomever's process, because we do work on all sides. Um, and that's really the service that we put together, speed, affordability, objectivity, um, to help our clients figure out what's real, what's not in the fastest, most efficient way possible. And again, going back to listen to the customer, I learned from a mentor of mine early on, engage the client or the customer throughout all phases of the development process. That's really what we did. So our service is really just answering the key pain points that we heard consistently from the industry. No, that's it's great. It's a fascinating tool. And I, I think, you know, it serves a valuable purpose. I mean, if you think about it, about 70% of indemnity spend in the PNC industry goes towards paying injury claims. And we're seeing severities go up. We're seeing more and more people getting represented by attorneys. So so how has how your tool really helped to control these costs? I mean, you get the radiologists involved. What happens? What happens next? Yeah, it's a great question. So the interesting thing, going back to one of the points I made before, is that the images don't lie. The images provide really valuable information. Let me give a real example here. So if someone hypothetically had a spine neck related issue and it was acute or traumatic, within the images themselves, you would probably see evidence of such showing up on those black and white images like signal hypointensity, a very bright white signal that would manifest within the images that would be consistent or congruent with something that is traumatically induced. On the other end of the spectrum, if the images show a series of, let's say osteophyte complexes, looking at the hydration levels of the discs, if it exhibited something different that was consistent with pre-existing, Again, those visual clues, and that's the key phrase, the visual clues native to the scan provide information to a radiologist with more advanced training where they can make a determination and say, this is acute or this is chronic. And it's important because to your point about costs going up, severity going up, plaintiff attorneys maybe being more aggressive in terms of what they're reaching for, the images provide really valuable information that can improve risk management for a carrier, for an employer, whomever, by having someone with the right expertise review the films and provide meaningful feedback. Is this legitimate, you know, traumatically induced, or is this something pre-existing, or maybe there are no objective findings, period. So if you can do it quickly, affordably, provide that information, it's a way to reduce expenses, save the $2,000 on an IME if the images could be reviewed early enough on an auto or GL claim, or if it's a worker's comp claim and these images are reviewed and you have commentary, is this legitimate or, legitimate or not, you know, you can avoid unnecessary treatment expenses sure. um, or vice versa. If it's legitimate, you can get the claimant, the injured worker, the appropriate treatment as opposed to maybe going down the wrong track um, and help them return to pre-injury health status faster. So um, having the right expertise is really, really important. And the images provide such valuable information. Wow. So, so when I hear the term subspecialized radiologist, you know, what exactly is that? How, do, how does that differ from, say, the radiologist that the attorney on TV is using? 
another fantastic question. So subspecialized radiologist, to use your words, is something that more and more people are now, more from a marketing perspective, are saying uh, they have. Um, and really what you need to look for, and this is the key thing I would emphasize to the audience, is, is it a fellowship trained radiologist, which they're naturally subspecialized versus everything else is pretty much a general radiologist. So is it fellowship trained or general? And the difference between the two is the fellowship trained radiologist didn't stop at their general radiology degree. Rather, they went on and spent an incremental on average couple years subspecializing and getting their fellowship from an accredited academic institution like Duke or Stanford, Stanford or UCLA or wherever, getting their fellowship within musculoskeletal radiology or within neuroradiology um, or some other uh, subspecialized area within radiology. So you really want folks that are fellowship trained. Now, I bring this up because what you see now is more and more imaging centers that will put their general radiologists through internal training programs that might be a month or a couple of weeks. And they'll slap a moniker on them and say, hey, we have subspecialized radiologists. And in reality, there's a big difference between someone going through an internal standalone imaging center credentialing program and their employer saying, hey, we have a subspecialized radiologist from a marketing perspective versus right. someone going to Duke and getting fellowship trained and being subspecialized in neuroradiology. Huge difference. Yeah, from a definitely. clinical perspective, we're talking 25 plus percent difference in accuracy. This is the key takeaway between someone that's fellowship trained versus someone that's general radiologist or even that person that gets the moniker slapped on them uh, because they've, they've, you know, from their employer, a particular imaging center, you know, they're calling them subspecialized. So you really want fellowship trained. And there's a lot of clinical data, a lot. People can reach out to us, share contact information at the end, but there are a lot of studies that show minimum 25% difference in accuracy, diagnostic wow. accuracy between general versus fellowship trained. The last thing I'll just say, here's another just general example for folks in very lay terms. Heaven forbid, someone needs to have brain surgery. Would you rather have a general surgeon or a brain surgeon do the right. surgery. The brain surgeon has a fellowship in neurosurgery versus the general surgeon. The general surgeon at times is gonna do just as good of a job, but on average, that neurosurgeon is gonna probably do a better job. The difference, the neurosurgeon went on and had additional academic credentialing, years of additional training to become certified to be a neurosurgeon, didn't just stop at being a general surgeon. The same holds true in all facets or most facets of medicine. It's that fellowship that separates and increases the clinical efficacy. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, that 25% is huge. If you think through claims that are closed, you know, you've got to wonder how much leakage is out there. And it it should be a pause for carriers to think about, you know, their process. I mean, this this seems to really, you know, benefit all, part, all parties involved, you know, to, to the claim. Yeah, I mean, the difference between a bulge and a herniation, one claim could be 50 grand easily right. yeah. or a rotator cuff tear that's pre-existing because you can see chronic fraying versus something that's more acute. Again, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars on one right. claim. And you got to ask yourself, just the last thing I'll say, because we're very passionate about this is like, if it was you and you had an injury and you right. were given a choice, do I want 
the generalist or I was given a choice. Hey, would you like to have someone that's fellowship trained, has subspecialized expertise in this particular area? You, I think most people would want the the person with the greater credentials. Right. Um, that's what we are advocates for for injured workers on the comp side, um, and also for our clients that we work with on auto and GL, you know, claims as well. So, figure it out, improve risk management, get the highest quality upfront for just a marginal, uh, a very de minimis incremental price. Yeah, a- absolutely. So, so switching gears a little bit, you're doing something different in the work comp diagnostic arena. Explain what you're doing. Yeah, um, there's there's a lot of things. I'd say at a high level, um, we are the only company in the entire industry that can control quality end to end. Um, And that means that we control the quality of the scan because we have certified facilities that meet minimum scanning, uh, have minimum scanning infrastructure requirements. So you want a high quality scanner, Every time injured workers go to one of our facilities that we've contracted with, it's a high quality scan. Then we have our own radiology practice group. So we have 300 plus radiologists in our practice group. 100% of them are fellowship trained. All of them are. So we're the only company that offers that. All these folks, extensive vetting up front, interviews, looking at their CVs, looking at their work product. Um, we have ongoing QAQC. And the the linkage here is technology. So we have a commitment. How do we do this? It's a commitment to clinical expertise and technological expertise. So we have a deep background from a software perspective in the field of radiology. So we built a platform that can very quickly digitally integrate with these facilities that are our scanning partners that have the high-end scanning equipment. Claimants get scanned. So injured worker gets scanned those images almost immediately thereafter are digitally routed to us where one of our radiologists do the read. So we control quality end to end through a commitment to clinical excellence with our radiologists and technological excellence with um, the software that we developed that's proprietary. We have a patent portfolio on it that allows an imaging center to, with a click of a button, push images to us, or we can query and retrieve those images from select facilities as well, remotely. So there's no CDs um, and we can have the images, get the images over to a treating physician if the injured worker forgets them. It's one of many, many examples. Um, I think the benefits of doing this, controlling quality and then logistically a lot of benefits too. So injured workers can get highest quality read, efficient treatment, et cetera. Wow, that's great. do you have, you know, speaking of examples, do you have any really good success stories you can share? Yeah, so I guess let's start since we're talking about workers' comp. You know, one of the other differentiators that we provide, you can only do this if you have your own radiology group. So in our reports, we speak to aging, for lack of a more clinical expression, is this chronic, is this acute? That's endemic within our standard radiology report when we receive a workers' comp, you know, injured worker referral. Moreover, the other kind of thing I'll mention in terms of like a case study. So, and this is something that we need to do a better job of alerting our clients, not just at the high level, but adjusters. Because we have our own radiology practice group, our radiologists can get on the phone with the treating physician. So we have a report, maybe it suggests our report and we've had Dozens of cases like this where they suggest there's patella tear in the knee 
or you know there is uh, protrusion in the spine. Reality is it's a degenerative bulge, or um, it's 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 a very chronic pre-existing uh, patellar tear that's maybe it's healed. It's just different than maybe what the treating physician feels, right? So they receive the report. Um, when they receive that report, because of the credentials of our radiologists is very are very high, and there's more details in our report. I think it carries more weight than a traditional network, but sometimes, of course, treating physicians, there can be hubris involved, egos involved, right. and they may have a different opinion. They might be dismissive of our report, but what's unique, and I'll give you a case study here where our radiologist gets involved and speaks to the treating physician. We're the only diagnostic network in workers' comp that can do this and can do it each and every time as necessary. Our radiologist speaks to the treating physician explains their particular opinion. And we've seen treatment changed in terms of treatment recommendations from the treating physician. After reviewing our report, having still disagreeing with it, but then getting on the phone with our physician changes their perspective. That's meaningful. That feels good. That's the best outcome for the patient because you basically have, you know, everyone hopefully putting their egos aside, having a clinical dialogue and that's really what we are all about in terms of the ethos for our or our organization is let's just get it right clinically. What's best for the patient? What's right. best for the injured worker? So uh, that's an example there on the on the auto side, the GL side. Oh gosh, we've seen thousand plus cases where we've seen claims that are called herniations, claims that are called something else that's more severe. The reality was was far less severity our reports combined with our visual or just our report has saved numerous, very large carriers, seven figures, multiple six figures on individual claims, five figures. We've done claims that are low limits policies because our initial price point to review films is very de minimis. I want to emphasize that it's a flat fee just to review all of the images associated with the claim. So this can be used with a $25,000, $50,000 policy all the way on up. We have clients that use this programmatically. Every single auto claim that goes into litigation that has medical images, it's a de minimis expense. Have them reviewed by us, improve risk management, improve productivity for your staff counsel or panel counsel. Um, so there's huge cost savings, improved risk management, great resolution. And we've presented numerous case studies with some of the biggest carriers in the country at various conferences uh, where we are saving all body parts, um, six figures, seven figures, five figures, maybe it would be it. So, yeah, I've, I've heard of, I've heard of some of the verdicts that have come in where, where your company has been involved and, you know, it's, it's amazing how, how, you know, juries have been transformed just by your product, your process, your radiologist, and they end up coming up with, you know, this is what the claim is really worth. And that, that's what you want at the end of the day. You want the accurate outcomes. You don't want to underpay. You don't want to overpay. You want to pay what's fair. And, yeah. and I think, you know, you guys really help out there. It's about, so, oh, last thing I'll just add to that. It's about yeah. the honest answer. Yeah. You, raised up a, you raised a really good point that I just want to briefly touch on trials. Like a lot of folks in the auto world think about going to trial and so forth. And all of our radiologists are contractually obligated to go to trial should it happen. But because we're just, a, we're an initial filter is it real? Is it not? And then if it's something you're defending, um, right. which you want to have that confidence early on, is this worth defending? If it's a, if it's an overreaching injury claim, um, while our folks are ready, willing, 
and, and able to go to trial, it's actually pretty rare that something goes to trial, like statistically speaking, right. one out of every 4,500, 5,000 plus cases, if you look at the last 12 months, give or take, um, go to trial. So it's actually pretty rare because we're confirming legitimate injuries. If it's legitimate, we're going to tell our client, this is legitimate. Our radiologists are reading films blindly. They have no idea who they're reading for. They can also, they're not going to, if someone asks, Submit your financials. We're one of those companies that gladly submit financials of a radiologist because such a small percentage of their income comes from this industry. These are real doctors working at major medical institutions. Um, and then, of course, you know which ones to defend. So anyways. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's a you know, fascinating process. So, so, you know, where do you see the insurance industry in particular as it relates to injury claims evolving over the next, say, five to 10 years? I think there's just going to be more and more workflow automation and technology. There are still many things in this industry, um, at least um, for what it's worth, my two cents, that are just very, for lack of a better expression, analog-based, um, that are not digitized, um, and that have incongruous kind of workflows. And I think there's just going to be more and more digitization. I'll give you one example and something that we've been working on for several years. And that's going back to some of the connectivity we have in the health industry, um, healthcare industry. So, um, you know, we built a platform that basically allows disintermediation of submitting a request to get medical images, as an example, to a hospital system or to an imaging center where a request is made. and the facility, instead of instead of receiving a request that can be paper-based traditionally from a record retrieval vendor, or it could come digitally from a record retrieval vendor, but in short, it tends to be fairly disruptive for a hospital to fulfill it or for an imaging center to fulfill it. When they are fulfilling it, we're talking about CDs, we're in 2022. Right. Who has a CD-ROM these days? <laughs> Good Virtually point. no one. And yet 99% of films are transmitted via CD. And yeah. then you have postage and CDs can be damaged. And then the CDs go to retrieval firm, record retrieval firm. And then they go to the carrier or council. So what we built, and this just speaks to, I think, the trend in general, what you're going to see in the industry, is a means for a requester to make a referral digitally, goes to the provider. The provider receives it digitally. They authorize it review the subpoena, the authorization, whatever it might be, they authorize it. It pulls metadata from that referral to their corresponding database that houses all their medical images and automatically plucks the images or a list of the images that are available and sends it to the carrier or sends it to the record retrieval vendor. Um, so you basically are eliminating CDs, you're eliminating postage, and you're reducing turnaround times by up to 99%. When you think about today, I know what people say, hey, it's only 60 days to get images. We're ground zero. We can tell you flat out metrics because we see everything. It's It takes well over 100 days to get images these days. And this was an example of listening, leaving paint on the guardrail. We've dealt with frustration over the years and seeing how long it takes to get images. And we just have decided three plus years ago to invest in technology, in an environment where people are looking just to maximize profit margins, we spent millions of dollars, built a patent portfolio, hired the best expertise in the industry, um, in the in the healthcare technology industry within radiology, built out our own platform to allow folks to basically enable a seamless 
digitization of medical images and other types of medical record requests and do it all digitally, time savings, money savings. From a, from a HIPAA perspective, there's now a security log and everything, so it's more secure um, and it's all digital. So anyways, we're excited about that, but I think that speaks to the direction of the industry as well, where it's right. going. Yeah, healthcare. yeah, fascinating. Well, so if someone wants to utilize your services, how can they go about doing that? Yeah, so they can always submit an order just if you ever send uh, an email uh, or they have a, a request for our services, they could send an email to orders at authentic4d.com. That's just simply um, orders at, and then our company name, authentic4d.com. Um, so that's one way they could, of course, always get in touch with me and I'll put them in touch um, with you know, appropriate members of our team. I also tend to roll up my sleeves as well. So happy to help any way I can. Uh, but we have a phenomenal team. Our team is tremendous. Um, organizations are all about people and very passionate that we have a superstar team of folks. Um, and we take a lot of pride in being very customer centric. So um, that's why people can always reach out to me directly as well. My email address, just jory, J-O-R-E-Y at authentic4d.com. Um, and yeah, that's those are the two best ways. No, that, that, that's great. So Jory, it's been great having you on here as a guest. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Really grateful for the opportunity to talk with you. Always great to connect. And um, yeah, appreciate it. And have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on uh, the podcast, head on over to secondlook.net and hit the podcast button. Thank you for listening to Insurance Claims Innovation. Are you interested in being a guest on our show? We would love to have you. Visit us at go.secondlook.net slash podcast dash guest. Please share Insurance Claims Innovation with others on social media and provide rave reviews about our guests. The goal of Insurance Claims Innovation is to showcase others in the insurance claims arena who are using cutting-edge technology to gain a competitive advantage. Follow us at Insurance Claims Innovation and subscribe to our podcast. You can also follow us on LinkedIn at Second Look Inc. Interested in learning more? Stop by our website at www.secondlook.net. Again, thank you for joining us today. My name is Chris Tidball, and I hope you found this to be time well spent.